I'm Michael Kennedy, the writer and producer of It's a Wonderful Knife. And if you're going to geek out, geek hard. Welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Hard, where we don't mind winning, but we can't stand losing. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. That's right. We hate losing. Like, hate it. Hate it. it. It's hate the worst. It. Can't the stand worst. it. Never lose again. That's right. So tonight we're going to set the fucking tone and have a great show. Set it. You That's set right. it. That's right. Later on in the program, you're going to hear an interview I did with screenwriter Michael Kennedy about his horror film, it's a Wonderful Knife, which closed the Toronto After Dark Film Festival this year. And that's not all when it comes to Toronto After Dark Film Festival. We're also going to be giving our wrap-up and review of the entire fest, where we talk about some of our favorites that we saw at this year's Toronto After Dark. And then in just a couple of minutes' time, we'll be welcoming, welcoming back to the program... Kalani Elizabeth Rose, one of the stars of Shorzy, season two of Shorzy, now available on both Crave and Hulu, all six episodes. We'll be getting into that. We'll be having some fun. But right now, we're going to throw to a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Kalani and more right here. It's all happening on Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. everybody jimmy the short order cook here asking you what's better than listening to geek card answer listen to geek card while wearing a geek hard t-shirt and there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash geek card we got a bunch of great shirts there we got geek card shirts we got a mr green's tasty meat shirt Hell, we got a back issue bloodbath shirt for all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a Friday night. And the mood is right. We're going to be having a great show. In just a moment, we'll be talking with Kalani Elizabeth Rose right here on the show, talking about Shorzy Season 2. But before we do that, just want to remind you folks that if you want more geek art in your life, there's tons of places you can go. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekart. Sign up there. gives you access to cool exclusives and early access to podcasts of this show. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash geek card show and check out videos not only ones that we shoot at conventions and things like that but also video versions of some of the past interviews that we've done on this very show and also 
Christmas is coming. It's the best time to get yourself a gift or someone else a gift. The geek you love by going to tpublic.com slash user slash geek card and looking at all the merch options that we got there. We got a bunch of great designs for the old man, for Mr. Green's Tasty Meats and more. So check all that cool stuff out when you can. But now we're going to get into the program. And Mr. Green, do you have a fierce fire in your heart for all the great stuff we're going to be talking about tonight? The fiercest of fires. It is a burning flame of excitement and fierceness. Okay. That could be indigestion, but... We're going to hope that's be. not the it case. It could be. It could there be. You, there you go. Right, we're going to start off with that. that we're going to keep the fire going with our first guest this evening. She is an actor who plays Miguan on the popular series Shorzy, which season two is now available on both Crave and Hulu. Welcome back to the program, Kalani Elizabeth Rose. What's good, guys? What's good with you? I'm um, I'm having a beautiful day over here. I'm actually coming to you from unceded Simshian territory in uh, Prince Rupert, BC. Oh, that's fantastic! Excellent. Yeah, that's I'm up great. here. I'm up here for the weekend, and so I just came back from a lovely walk and frolic in the trees. <laughs> yeah, uh, good frolic in the trees. That's always a good time. Definitely, yeah. and we'll definitely get more into that in a little bit. But before <laughs> we do, want to talk about Shorzy season two course it is back now it's available on hulu too and uh the uh the team is really trying to get that seniors tournament going eh you know i feel like this season was a lot of like get them focused get them accountable yeah no definitely definitely. (laughs) we want that record we really want that record Yeah, you so got you gotta, you gotta keep a close eye on all the sluts. You know, that's the yeah. that's the that's the real key. Well the there. sluts be fucking this season, so you know <laughs> a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been amazing too behind the scenes just because we've had so many new cast members come join us. So the family is growing. And um, you know, it's all jokes in the show, but like in, even behind the scenes, it's really cool to have um so many fresh, talented faces coming on board and, and, and expanding the family in that way. Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, uh, um, you know, like we actually had a chance to talk with uh, Tasia earlier today for an interview. We'll be playing in a couple of weeks on the show. And uh, one thing I brought up was uh, what I find really cool about this show, and it's something that Jared and uh, Jacob do with Letterkenny as well, is that they put their characters in a lot of scenes that mirror other scenes that it's like a lot of stuff that happened in season two, there's a mirror image to it in season one, but it's slightly different. And I felt like the one scene that really stuck out for me was when this time, when you guys went to see the league, you brought Shorzy with you. And so what was it like again? Cause again, that was probably the going to visit the league in season one was probably one of the most fun scene with you guys with, uh, you know, like the stern warning followed by, okay, let's look at the pictures of the sluts. This time around, it's a defense of one of the sluts, and you guys have to, you know, put her up to test. How different was it doing that kind of scene with Jared right in it? That's that's really sweet. Like, it, um, it definitely changed the vibe. I feel like having him there uh, to kind of defend and also keep under control because, you know, we have that stern moment in the office where we're like, you do not speak. <laughs> we do the talk. Okay. And so there's that, there's that kind of like tension, like, is he going to like, is he going to keep it together? Um, and, uh, and then of course the lead in, which really sets us up for comedy because we have that whole conversation in Nat's office about, <laughs> about, about Dennis being so sexy. <laughs> And wanting to get roughed up and, and, and just the whole the whole thing like leading up to it really I feel like sets us up for success to like have to like have high stakes in that scene and like really like you know leading into even the the final moments of of the scene with the league where you know we talk about all aspects of the game and and then Nat is just going in about you know 
really bringing those aspects and like the the values that people come to to see and enjoy you know how shorzy is really like the one fighting for that and like keeping that alive so it was cool it was really cool to see the the evolution with our with our visit to the league this season definitely and it was yeah. really cool to see the gang again like um Monique and and all and all those three um they're just such a delight to work with so it's always a treat yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, commenting about the fact that uh, in this show, you know, it's it's very much about Shorzy and, and the hockey and all that stuff. But one of the things that I've always really appreciated about the show is that even though it is that all of it, it's, it's one of its successes is how all of the other characters get time to breathe you guys get to do things you know um you may not get something in one episode but then like an episode or two later you guys you you might get a really big scene and it is and then it kind of like it all plays out i i got to assume for yourself as an actor like especially in that kind of a situation where you're you know obviously jared is the show like he's he's shorzy but you all get your chances to shine and and show who you are as not only uh uh, characters but as also as actors so, you know is that something you really uh you know enjoy and, and appreciate about a show like this is that you you are given that where you may not on say some other shows that are out there yeah i mean it's always really a great thing when you feel like you can have that agency with your character in a sense and like really come to the table with contributions and have those contributions be be considered or implemented you know um jared's really really good about that um especially because when the more that we work together the more that we can pick up on the rhythms and the patterns that he likes to write in for us and for our mm-hmm. characters and between our characters and so sometimes i'll catch a moment where i'm like oh we could we have this opportunity you just set it up you just set it up right there and he'll be like oh yeah yeah like throw it down let's go so um so it's it's cool and uh you made me think of one other thing. Like, it's just, um, but it, I, I feel like the thought just flew out of my head. Well, it's okay. It'll come back to you. Definitely. <laughs> the, 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 you know, all good thoughts return at some point. That's right. When they're met you in That's the right, right. When they're met you. Exactly. At the right time. There we yeah. go. We got yeah. an email in from Linda A. That was a nice yeah. little email. It says, hey, geeks. Hey to the old man. Hey, how's it going? Good seeing you. The old man is uh, is here. I had no idea he was here. Yeah, you know, I'm always here. I've been around since I've just been around. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, happy Halloween to you all, Linda says. And then, oh, Linda gives us a joke. What do ghosts wear when their eyesight gets blurred? Spooktacles. <laughs> Thank That's you, good. Linda. That is funny. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, now um, of course, the last time we had you on the show was July 1st, 2022. And shortly after that, a very big thing happened in your life, a very tragic thing happened in your life that led you now on a journey of a lot of uh, reconnecting with your roots and your people. I don't, are you okay with talking about it here? Thanks for asking so gently. Yeah, I really appreciate the the tenderness for the trauma because it was it was a really like sacred moment. Um, it, it definitely feels um, like I've come to be able to see it as a gift for sure, and um, I'm grateful for the the direction that it sent me on. That that would not have been the trajectory the trajectory otherwise, and. Um, yeah, I mean it's crazy. It's crazy that that was the last time we talked. Yeah, it was like just a couple of days before. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah. 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 So it's been a lot of a lot of time at home with my roots lately. Um, I went back to school and back at university, which is kind of cool oh, wow. and it's so meek. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, and you know what? Maybe this was the thought that I was missing before, like a full circle loop around. Cause, uh, when we talk about our characters showing up and like having that balance and play within the story, it's cool because the more, uh, time we spend building relationships with each other and the more time Jared gets to know us and like the amount of consideration that he had for me last year when I was going through sort of that big healing stretch and ongoing, but, um, 
I started working on a project that's uh, for my community and really close to my heart. And it's called the Clately Two campaign, which means two rivers water. And it was in honor of the, uh, the fact that we're from the river and born water protectors, and also the fact that our reservation still does not have sustainable clean drinking water. And so I was talking with Jared about all the stuff as it was going down, right? And I was like, we got to do a fundraiser, like we need, you know, this, 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 and and we're, you know, we've got this much money from here, and we need this much money from there. And 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 then it was so funny, because we get to uh, the scene with the league, back to that again. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me written in like we're 25k closer to the goal or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, we had this conversation in real life, <laughs> not necessarily about the about the hockey, but about the water, and just it's really really cool to see um, the the care and the attention that that gets written in for for whatever personal journeys that could be running parallel to the story that we tell on Shorezy. So. Yeah, of course, and. Uh... Of course, with this time of you spending with, with your family and with your people, you've uh, gotten a chance to uh, to learn the the language, correct? Ah, that's how we say yes. <laughs> ah, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I have been. I'm so excited, you guys. Like, let me just nerd out with you for a minute, or nerd away, for, man, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So I just found out a couple of weeks ago that I got approved for the First Peoples Cultural Council grant for the Youth Empowered Speakers Program. So now I'm working one-on-one with one of my elders as my mentor um, to do language immersion. So I'm really, yeah, I'm really getting to even a deeper level of learning my language. And um, it feels amazing. It feels amazing. And I'm so happy. And it's one of the things from, from this direction that wouldn't have been as strongly a part of the picture right now if, if July 4th would have happened. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be practicing. I'm trying to think what I could practice with you right now here. I could teach you how to say, how are you? And okay. I'm okay. so you go, uh, Dainto. 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 There's an N there. Dainto. Dainto. Nice. Nice. That means how. Yeah. Awesome. And then okay. if you want to say I'm well, you say, Sunasto. Sunasto. Beautiful guys. All right. Dainto. Sunasto. Okay. Got and it. that's in a stately dialect of Dakhelsh. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And so is that that's the language of the two rivers water? Yes, it is. All yeah. Right. And it's cool because wrapping it back even into the show, uh, the fam is so stoked back home. And uh, I think not to give anything away because I know we've just heard the announcement that we're going in for a season three. Season three, yeah. But I, I've been collabing with our amazing costume designer, Ginger, and she's been so lovely about welcoming in representation from what's, you know, important to us. So I'm, I get to rock my Clately, my Clately, uh, flag this coming season i got some duck health earrings so we'll be we'll be dripping we'll be dripping that's awesome <laughs> yeah you know and that brings around another point about the show that I, I i've i've you know and you can speak more obviously uh better about it than i ever could but it seems like there is you, what you're indicating that there is this willingness and a desire to properly show you know the the uh, cultural backgrounds of First Nations, you know, people that properly within the context of that show, but, but just giving that so that you can see it on screen. And uh, like, I just wonder if you could talk about like how important something like that is, you know, to your people. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I got to take a big inhale for that one. Cause it's like an expansive thought. It just, it just feels really, really good. Uh to walk into the First Nations Center at UNBC and have one of my professors, who is also a duck health woman, tell me that her son, she cut, she walks into the living room and her son is watching the show and he looks up at her and he goes, yo, mom, this girl's duck health. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's cool because I didn't grow up with that. And to feel the excitement, um, to be able to create and be part of co-creating space and stories where indigenous youth from today can look and see themselves 
it's, it's, uh, I feel like there's no words really for that, you know? And it, the other thing that's really cool about it is having contemporary representation. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really, really, really important when we look at historical, uh, stories and like period pieces from, from the past and seeing like all the lessons we can learn from that. And that's beautiful and both. And I also think it's really important for us to be able to see what modern natives are up to and looking like and rocking out and like because there's incredible like indigenous fashion designers jewelry um artists and like all of those aspects we get to play around with our character and it's like really what we what we look like and what we walk like today so that it's it's pretty cool yeah that is very cool yeah and it's like you what I uh, what I find amazing is that you are always finding new ways in various forms and mediums of entertainment to like to get the word out about that to, to you know teach people about your people and stuff like that and represent um, and you, you know you've done a, lot, a bunch of different things I know that also you were in the short film Breathe that just did like I believe a festival circuit what is that film about? That film is written and directed by one of my best friends named Cody Kearsley, who people might know from Riverdale. And uh, he's a Métis artist, and it's a story about addiction. It's a story about uh, the struggle to find sobriety and stability. And really what we wanted to accomplish with it was just to create compassion around what that experience feels like whether it be for the person who's in the experience and struggling with the addiction itself, or whether it be for people who love someone who struggles with that, whose life is also affected by that. Um, So it was a really, a really wonderful experience to be part of because he also has a dance background like me. Mm. So I think the original idea came from a dream that he was having um, and wanted to create this experimental space with dance so the finale of the film is this really intricate and and um, gorgeous sort of experimental movement piece where we hired a bunch of professional dancers that play the characters that we um, choreographed this incredible movement with and uh, shout out to good rich productions my two of my other best friends that are incredible choreographers and dancers so it was really just like a coming together of all the arts and um and creating compassion for the experience of addiction wow yeah. that's that's pretty amazing yeah i i'm always impressed with the stuff that you're involved in you like there's always it doesn't seem like you get involved in anything that doesn't have you know some depth to it you know there's always a depth to what you're going for including including shorzy you know shorzy of course it's got heart it's got a lot of heart and you know i know in about 10 days, two weeks time, you're going to be back in Sudbury shooting season three with the crew. And I know you're really excited probably to get back there. I know you can't give anything away, but I'm going to say after watching season two, loved it. But again, I was sitting there going, every scene between Miguan and freaking Sanguinette, there's six other people in the scene. I want to see these two kids have a nice night out. I know, right? It's like a nice little private sando something yeah yeah Ooh. yeah i you know what i couldn't even give anything away if i wanted to because i haven't seen the script yet oh okay mm-hmm. there you but go. um but yeah i'm definitely hoping for for some more exploration in that realm too because it's really really fun working with harlan we get along you know he he him and i really jam out about um res life and like what we want to do for our communities and for our moms and um, his mom was actually a really big help for me during the Clayley Two campaign because she is one of the main reason why his community has clean water. So it's just a really cool family dynamic overall. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It, and Har- is. Harlan is just a sweetheart. Like we've talked to him, and he's just such a sweetheart, such a good kid. Like yeah. him a lot. Yeah, when you when you get up there, uh, Kalani, I, I would say that uh, once you start seeing some of the scripts, and if you don't, uh, if there is no scene with you and 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 Sanguinette, you got to go take Jared, and you got you know pull his tarp off and give him a couple quick jabs, you know, just you know straighten him out. Yeah, you know, like that's yeah. 
You, you know, you got to you got to set the tone. Set the tone. Exactly. Set the tone. You know what? Better yet, get the gyms to straighten them out. Exactly. Then, yeah. There you go. That's what the that, that's why I got the gyms. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. man. Oh man. So many so much gold. And I have to also say like I I feel like I'm going to ask you guys this but I know this is not the way the interview works but like my favorite I was going to say what's your favorite scenes because I feel like for me there's favorite scenes left right and center and some of my ultimates are when I'm watching Jared and Camille and it's just like their their dynamic back they're so heartwarming oh yeah no no it's great for me though I gotta say some of the best moments to take are the ones that take me by surprise you know like mm. uh, in season two here specifically near the end one of the ones with the gyms where they're in the they're in the 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 locker room and the third gym he's got a lot to say in this one and he gives like a really rousing speech that even's like i'm sorry i'm not done and he continues that one took me by surprise i like that that was good that was a good moment yeah, <laughs> yeah no, i i think I, I i'm with andrew like a lot of times it's the it is the unexpected stuff because that's one of the things i really love about this show is the 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 humor that comes from the place you're not expecting and you know it's and you guys are telling stories that are not 1980s comedy hockey show type yeah they're not stereotypical hockey stuff yeah no like you guys are telling stories like whether it's the stuff on the ice like with shorzy and, and the boys you guys you know like Everybody like with, you know, uh, you, you guys in the office, like your own characters, like everybody's, you know, like I said earlier, like you guys are getting chances to shine. And it's it's those interactions that I find are some of the greatest things to watch, but also just like you guys talking to each other. It's just like it's it doesn't feel like a script that I'm watching. It just feels like I'm I, I've actually just I'm just standing in a hallway as you guys are just walking down, having a conversation like a normal normal people would and it's that's that's one of the things i love about the show uh a lot but also to be fair uh anytime mig and 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 sanguinette are in a scene together like they just like you just want to just hug both of you because you guys are so cute (laughs) right it's just like i and i i I do love that as well but that's that's what i would say but yeah the, the the humor from the unexpected places for sure but i i just love that you guys are are finding ways to tell stories in a, like what feels like a very real way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, definitely. Uh, yeah. Of course, really, I'm excited for you guys to get back there. Really enjoyed the first two seasons. I uh, can't wait to see what happens in season three. Hope that you have a mild winter there and you get to do, you know, some nature walking, some enjoying it out there. Cause I know it's, it's lovely when it's nice. But when it gets really bad, it's like, oh, gotta gotta stay inside, sort of thing. <laughs> well, crazy story. When we when we were there for season one, me and Harlan, we wanted to go out on the land. Yeah. So we found this park. I think it was called Kiwi Park. And it's supposed to be like this really nice trail. Some people were le- were even uh cross country skiing and stuff. And so we take a cab out there. It was quite a ways. And we get there, we go for our stroll, the sun's setting. We're like, we should probably call a cab and get back. And then we <laughs> We were so far out that none of the cabs wanted to come and get us. And it was really cold. It was getting really cold at that point. And I think we ended up having to call somebody for backup, like one of the production folks, because we got stranded and <laughs> and the sun was down and we were waiting out there. And we're like, uh-oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have been good. That would not have been good. It's like, uh, go, yeah, Shorzy shut down. Well, we lost two of our cast members. They, uh, they're, they're, they're frozen solid. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Of course, for people who have been listening, uh, how can they give out, like, like, is there any place they can go to support the, uh, the two rivers water, uh, charity? Yeah, totally. We started a website. It's Clately two, uh, which is spelled L H E I D L I T O O, uh, dot com. And, uh, yeah, we just put, we're just going to put updates on there and information and ways to get involved and join the movement. Fantastic. Kalani, so great having you on. You you are, you're just a ray of light. You know that, right? You are just such a positive person and the journey you're on. It's just, I, 
you're 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 the you're like a hero like for people you know and i look at i look at the things that you do out there i'm like i'm very i'm very moved by it and i i want you to keep going thanks man i appreciate you i really appreciate that that means a lot it's All uh, right. yeah onwards let's go. let's go that's right let's fucking go boys all right well <laughs> thank you so much galati have yourself a great night thanks you too guys bye bye so that was kalani elizabeth rose you can catch her on season two of shorzy which is available on crave and hulu we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back we will be reading your emails right here. Geek Card Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, we're going to be giving our wrap-up and review of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival, which happened last weekend. Uh, before we do that, just want to read some of the emails that came in. Of course, if you want to send an email, send it to us at geekartshow at gmail.com. George L. writes in, hey to Andrew and James. Someday we would love to hear a show of yours with the old man and Jimmy the Shorter Cook doing the entire show. Okay, well, that's as someone that has to be like a guy who like directs that kind of thing, that's a lot of people to have on the show. Wait, what do you mean? What are you saying? You saying you can't have me on the show for the whole that, show? I've no, done that, the show before. That's not what he's. That's not what he's getting at, bud. Dude, I, I can do a soft shoot the entire time. It would be amazing. No, I, no, it's it's, I, it's it's not that, man. I'm not saying that either. Well, wait a second. What are you saying that you wouldn't have me on for an entire show? Is that what you're saying? I think I'd be fucking great as the host of this show. Nobody's saying that either, Jimmy. Yeah, just, I'm not you, saying that. You're just, you are an angry dude. We like you, but you're an angry dude sometimes. And having you and the old man, you know, that that might be problematic. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm a golden ray of sunshine and everybody loves me, including Jimmy. You know, I do. I do like, I do like the old man. Let's see. I'm the guy that everybody likes. But uh, Andrew, why, why are you looking all like tired now? How come you're looking a little tuckered out? What's up with that? Yeah, why, why, are you, why are you so tired? What the hell? No reason. No reason, guys. No reason. But uh, maybe, maybe my tiredness will explain to George why we don't do an entire episode with both of them. There we go. We got an email in from Justin L. who says, Yo to the geeks. How do we see your video postings again? Yo to the cast of characters on Geek Card. Well, Justin, there's an easy way you can check out past interviews, our video postings at youtube.com slash show. We post up a lot of our great interviews. And, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a number up there and you can check them out. In fact, there's interviews up there that are no longer available on our podcast platform. So you can even go back further into the past. Exciting times. And then finally, Tate W., a longtime listener and longtime commenter. Hey, geeks, that Halloween joke sucked. Here's a good one. Oh, come on now. That uh, joke was fun, but let's hear Tate's joke. 
What's Azabi's favorite cereal? I don't know. Rice, rice creepies. Uh, they're like, I would say it's equal. I think, I think it's the par. same, same it's kind par. of fun. Yeah. So there we go. Par for the course right there. But thank you. You take. know who would love both of those jokes? Oh, uh, that would be uh, our good friend who's coming back for our Christmas special, Mr. Alex James Kruger. Yeah, he would love both of those. He would love both so of those. much. You could check out his podcast at composerspod.com. But uh, yeah, yeah, and guys, for those who are listening now, prepare yourselves. We will gladly read any of these style of jokes. Yeah, if you want to write Christmas pun jokes on our De- December 1st episode, send them in live and we'll read them to Alex. Definitely. Yeah, he'll love it. He'll, he'll love, love it. it. Whether he does or not, both Andrew and I will tell you right now, we will think it's the greatest thing ever. Yes, definitely. And you know what else is the greatest thing ever? Going to film festivals here in Toronto. Yes. And one of the film festivals we got to check out was last week's Toronto After Dark Film Festival. It was the 17th edition of Toronto After Dark. And we got to check out uh, a bevy of films and shorts and we're going to be breaking down our favorites here starting off with the most surprising film at the festival the one that like we weren't expecting it to be that good or expecting to do what it did mr green what's your pick for most surprising um i was actually in a bit of a pick here but i'm going to like so ufo sweden is is a really close second here for me but the one that uh, really really did surprise me the most was the deep dark the uh it's a, a french film about uh these coal miners in the 50s and this uh, situation they get embroiled in um because of money that they want you know because it, it's a hard job and uh things don't quite go the way that anyone would ever want them to as they go deeper and deeper into the mine. And yeah. uh, I was, I was just, I was really, just really, really overall impressed with uh, how the film just looked and came across. And uh, yeah, really, really great. UFO Sweden though is a stellar film as well. Yeah. UFO Sweden is actually my most surprising film. Uh, it's basically like a little girl, her father gets taken by what might have been an extraterrestrial in the 1980s. So when she's a teenager in the 90s, she persuades a local group of UFO spotters to help her unlock the mysteries of alien sightings in Sweden. And it is like basically think of an 80s emblem entertainment film like Goonies or something like that. But instead of kids, it's dorky adults that love searching for UFOs. And one teenage girl. And one teenage girl, yes, who is yeah. kind of like the rebel of the group. Yes. yes. That's, that's, that's our uh, tie to the Goonies there. We have one teenage girl. Well, no, like, I feel like the adults oh, act well, more like the Goonies than the fair, teenager did. Fair, fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, on a visual level. But yeah, no, it's, that's, it's a great film. But yeah, no, The Deep Dark yeah. was another one that I, for me personally, I really, really got. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, there you go. That's the ones sometimes you're shocked by things and sometimes you're really let down by a film. Sometimes you hear what the film's going to be about. And then you see it and you go, oh, that did not live up to my expectations. For you, what is the biggest letdown of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival? Uh, once again, as we've always talked about, uh, we've been going to this festival for many years now since we've been doing the show. and since 2011, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have gotten to see a lot of great movies, a lot of movies, not so much. And this year, to your point, uh, one that just did not work for me. Uh, and we talked about it last week, and that was Founders Day. It just it's unfortunate. I I think there's a lot of great ideas in there. I thought some of the performances were really well done, like a lot of the actors in it. It just it it just didn't quite jive with me for whatever reason. I think the the killer costume. I think it looks really cool. Um, it's just yeah, it just was it was unfortunate. Um, because I I I I I had gone in with a lot of higher expectations and it just it didn't quite pan out for me. Yeah, yeah. For me, I had a similar feeling with uh, the film The Last Exit. Uh, a film from the UK takes place in the Scottish Highlands. Two criminal brothers, they're on the run. They seek refuge in a desolate farmhouse. A family, is, they take them captive. And it turns out there's more to the mother of that family than meets the eye originally in this film. And it was just like a lot of twists, but you could see all of them coming a mile away. Mm. So nothing was really grabbing me 
I thought the performances were fine. It's just the story that really needed to like find a new hook and it just didn't find yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it, like to your point about biggest letdown, this is like this is why we say it this way, because it's not about these these films are horrible or terrible or anything like that. It's just uh, most of the time they just don't connect with you. And that's yeah. and that's unfortunate because yeah. we, you and I both know we've talked about this a lot. People at home listening, you know, like you see a film, it doesn't work for you. A lot of people involved do their best work trying to make something that you will love. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And that's just really unfortunate. Yeah, no, totally. My God. But uh, the other great, the great thing about this festival is that there's a bunch of features shown and a lot of them are really cool, mm-hmm. but there's so many short films shown. Oh, so many. There's a it's buffet crazy. of Canadian short films. There's a Canadian shorts showcase, but there's also Canadian short in front of every feature. And there's also an international short showcase. So you get to see so many great short films at this festival, but only one of them can be the best in our eyes. Mr. Green, what's your pick for best short film? Uh, for me, it was actually one of the ones from uh, the international showcase. And that was wayward gods. It's um, it's just a, it's a little short, uh, like literally it's like less than five minutes. And it was just, I just, I really enjoyed the visuals behind it. And I was really, I just really dug it. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, there's really not much to say about it just other than the visuals was for me personally, which was just really fun to watch. Uh, it has this kind of like video game vibe about it. Uh, it's in some kind of weird dystopian future where this like superhero kind of character, uh, you know, has like, I, the best way I could put it is a karma guitar and, uh, you know, defeats a giant like dragon snake monster thing. And, okay. uh, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. And apparently they're going to make more short, like it's cause they call it episode one and they, they say they're going to come back. So like, I'm curious to see like, you know, uh, if they make sequels to this, cause it's like, it's an, it's an interesting universe. That I want to see more of. Very cool. And that was at the international shorts program. Mm-hmm. I got to say the, the Canadian shorts after dark program, a lot of great uh, stuff. What do the kids say? This, this program fucks. I think they they say that now. They went from slaps to fucks now. Uh, it is. It was. There was so many good ones within mm. the the shorts program. The the after dark shorts after dark that it was hard for me to choose, but I had to choose one for its weird comic, interesting idea, and also its involvement of a puppet, and that is Bird Hostage, directed by Lauren Andrews. Uh, Lauren actually plays the lead character who's gone to house sit and comes across. They have to take care of a, um, uh, a parrot, a blue, uh, an African gray parrot. But this African gay parrot, gray parrot can talk and has the voice of Jay Baruchel. And they basically, they conspire together to free Reggie the parrot. And it's a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. Definitely yeah, no, I, I, just quickly, I want to say that uh, Forgotten Lake in the Canadian shorts was I had a lot of fun with because it's p- having a lot of fun poking at uh, uh, Friday the 13th. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was some fun, too. So lots. of Oh, yeah. It, what we're saying, folks, if you're in Toronto next year, you know, like anytime you're in and there's a Toronto After Dark Festival going on, you should go check it out. Lots of great things going on in there. Definitely, definitely. And before we read our best film of the festival choices i got an email in from riley t titled for that guy hey geeks it's never too early for that alex guy what do they sing at a snowman's birthday party freeze a jolly good fellow oh. freeze a jolly good fellow gold there you go. that is wait. good thank you riley we'll definitely have to read that one to him in the future now let's get into our pick for the best film of the festival this was the one we liked the most mr green quickly what what's yep. your pick uh it was really simple for me it's the first damn film i saw late night with the devil i really love everything about this film it, i thought it was really well made i thought the performances were great it's an interesting story um I, there's one little nitpick i have with it but like overall it's I just think it's a really, really tight film and, uh, it's, it was great. It was just, it was, and of course, uh, um, uh, Dave, uh, how do you, what's his name? Dave DeSmolchin. David DeSmolchin. DeSmolchin. He's, I just love him. I think he's great. I, I just, yeah, 
Yeah, I, um, I got to say, honorable mention for me goes out to Lovely, Dark, and Deep. That was a really interesting film directed right. by Teresa Sutherland. You're going to get to hear an interview I did with Teresa in a couple of weeks' time on the show. But for me, I got to say Late Night with the Devil was also my pick, mainly because it took a horror film and took it to a place that I love near and dear to my heart, a late-night talk show. And so it takes place in a late-night talk show. In a the 70s. Crazy, in the 70s. A lot of crazy stuff happens. The host ends up basically talking with a demon at one point, and a lot of other crazy shit happens in the film. When that gets released, people should definitely check it out. Well, yeah. that's our, that's our wrap-up of the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. We hope that you can go to next year's festival. We had a great time at this year's festival. I want to say thanks to Adam Lopez for putting on another Absolutely. great festival and the team there. And also a special thank you to Christian Burgess for hooking us up with interviews, screeners, and just being like the go-to guy to help us out during this festival. Yeah, everybody at that festival, Adam, Christian, the entire crew, the everybody is, uh, is an all-star. And we thank you guys ever so much. And we look forward to more. Can't wait till next year. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you're going to hear my interview that I recorded at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival with screenwriter Michael Kennedy right here. Geek Card Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geekard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Art. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. Last week was the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. And during that time, I got a chance to catch up with screenwriter Michael Kennedy, whose film that he was also a producer for, It's a Wonderful Knife, made, its, uh, made the closing gala of the festival and had a great turnout uh, mixing Christmas and horror. Uh, giving like a, it's a wonderful life meet scream with a little bit of one magic Christmas thrown in there. Uh, let's take a listen to the interview right now. All right. Welcome to the program, Michael Kennedy. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty Thanks good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for talking <laughs> with me today. We're here, of course, at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. And of course, the closing night film. Yes. It's a wonderful knife. Yes. You're the writer and one of the producers right. of the film. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of like a, I've noticed this is a trend you picked up from Chris Landon of like, yes. let's take a, yes. let's take a concept my buddy. from a movie yeah. as a jumping off point, take it somewhere else. Yeah. Do something different with it. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know Chris when Happy Death Day came out. Right. And I loved that movie. And then it starts from a sad place, actually. My dad died in like 2018. Oh. And I was watching Happy Death Day soon after. And was just like really caught up in the emotion of what happened in my life, but also with the movie because Chris has a really, Chris does a really good job of just writing really strong emotional characters in right, his movies. Right. And I was struck by what I was watching. I had seen it before, but I was watching it again, and I just I don't know. I was probably just having like a grief moment, <laughs> and uh, was like, I wonder. And I didn't know him personally, but I knew who he was. Like I knew his dad was Michael Landon and all that stuff. So I was like, I wonder if he's channeling any of his own like grief through this movie. And mm. my next thought was, I should do that. And then my next thought was, all right, how do I rip off this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so I literally just was like Googling like classic comedies and was going through a list of movies and stuff. And was just looking at all these different things. And then really the body swap, Freaky Friday, like the poster popped in my head. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that would make a really cool slasher movie. Yeah, so that was how that was born, and then uh, I had such a good time on it. So for my first movie, minus Chris, I wanted to kind of stay in the same world, have some more fun. 
that kind of stuff. So that's where Knife kind of came about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I what I think is amazing, of course, you know, it's a wonderful life as a jumping off point. Right. And I, I know you've talked in the past about uh, how Scream had an yes. impression on you when yeah. you were younger. So, of course, there's <laughs> Still some... Still does. Yeah, yes. exactly. There's some you've scream. seen the movie, right? I've seen the movie as yeah. well. There's some Scream in there as well. But also what I was really surprised is that the film actually hits certain story beats and notes you'd see in a Hallmark movie. It does. That you worked it that really does. How important was it for you to actually get that holiday, Christmas, Hallmark kind of feeling? It, it wasn't like super important, but it was unavoidable, A, and B, it was fun. Yeah. You know, like we, we talked a lot about during the development process of like, how far are we going to go with those elements? How can we use them best to our advantage? So yeah, it was a very conscious decision and it was a fun decision to make because Mike kept telling myself I'm making a Hallmark movie for like the first 20 minutes and then the rest of it is a skewering of the Hallmark Christmas yeah. movie, you yeah. know, like we even had a runner at one point that we just didn't have time to film and stuff, but there was a whole runner throughout the movie about a woman who makes uh, baked goods. Yeah. Cause you know how like the main woman in all those movies is either like a baker or yeah. she like owns a bakery or so we had like a whole cinnamon bun thing going on and there was a whole runner with that but we had to cut it but uh, yeah so yeah it was fun you know and Aaron who plays Judy I think she really sells it the most yeah in the first like 30 minutes of the movie also one kind of lingering thing that I kind of also equate with Hallmark movies that kind of ends up right there at the end is that kind of like the surprised romance you yeah know, like there's like yeah. oh yeah, this is this is the person I'm supposed to be with, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really yeah, enjoyed I was playing that too. Yeah, you know? that got in there, and I was like, yeah. oh, wow, I was actually so impressed on how that fit in there. Yeah, yeah and it fit in well. <laughs> to be honest with you, it wasn't scripted. We found it on set. Oh yeah, we found it through the dynamic of Jess and Jane. We noticed a lot of their chemistry had uh, a little bit of like sexual tension yeah, kind of going yeah. on, and they were the ones that approached us midway through the shoot and said, are you feeling any of this? And we were, Tyler and I and Seth were like, yeah, we actually are. So we all decided, let's try a kiss. Yeah, it ended up really working. Yeah, and we yeah, found yeah. all these elements throughout the film too. Like, we are like, oh, did you see that look Jane just gave Jess during that shot? Like, let's make sure we mark that, keep that in. So we kind of found the romance as we were shooting the movie. Oh, that's really awesome. crazy, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, it's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, right it there, is. Definitely. It is. <laughs> oh. the, this film, you know, although being a horror film, really plays with Christmas magic. Yeah, you know? of it course, does. Like, you're dealing with It's a Wonderful Life, so of course there's Christmas magic right there, but then there's also just something in the air with yeah. the, you know, that kind of feel. And, like, when you were writing the script, was there, like, a feeling of, like, Christmas magic in, in your heart while you were writing it? Yeah, you know, I love Christmas. If there's anything I love almost as much as horror movies in Halloween is Christmas. I love Christmas. Um, I love decorating my house. I love going and seeing the lights. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. So we had a lot of snow and stuff. So I, like, grew up in a big... Irish Catholic house, so Christmas was really important in our house, and it stayed with me my whole life. I decorated the house with my mom, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of that, but I also, people don't realize like all the other little homages to like other Christmas movies, like the pink velour jumpsuit that Winnie wears in the movie is the Easter Bunny from Christmas Story. Oh, of course. One Magic Christmas is like a lesser known Disney Christmas movie. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with yeah, the, it. Oh yeah, the odd, like, let's talk about angels, but don't mention religion. Yeah. Yes, but also like <laughs> pretty dark for a Christmas movie yeah. as Disney movie, especially like Disney would never make that movie today. No. But that was a favorite of my older sister Bridget's and my mother. So we watched that every Christmas too. So like it's almost a combination of life and that, but like one magic Christmas isn't as known. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but well, that's yeah, more about when you think about one magic Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Like there is a darkness to it, but also there's like a poor small town yes. kind of feel to poor it. Poor small wow. town, town hurting. I mean, the main family's losing their house and then <laughs> her whole family fucking dies. Yeah. You know, like it's really, really, really dark. And so there's a lot more of that in the script to me than people realize. Right. Because, right. you know, it's wonderful. Life is, is pretty dark at times too, but it's really only like the last 20 minutes of the movie yeah yeah for yeah. the most part it's just like here's yeah. his life he has a pretty good life and then yeah he's he's running on hard times darkness yeah, yeah. yeah. where's one magic christmas yeah yeah it's so, just yeah. it goes deep oh yeah oh yeah it definitely <laughs> goes deep oh my god with this film as well you know you you got to create your own ghost face 
That's what I'm hearing. People are loving the killers yeah. line. They well, love the angel. It looks so ominous. You know, yeah. you, you know, because like for years everybody thinks black darkness, but just something uh, that's like all white and silver. Was, that was so that's creepy as shit. So the look itself is a combination of Tyler McIntyre, the director, Matea Pacerik, who is our costume designer. And I want to say there was one more person. I'm blanking on the person of the crew that kind of designed the look together. Mm. But when I sat down to write the movie and when I pitched the movie initially to Adam Hendricks, who's another producer on the movie, I told him my idea. I told him the title and I also told him no fucking Santa Claus. I don't want to do Santa Claus. Everyone expects Santa Claus. Mm. I want to do an angel in all white. I was like, he's going to have an angelic dagger. He's like, that is nice. That's like the angel of death, right? Yeah. So yeah, that was like a super fun thing to do. And again, you know, time and money, but... If we ever made another one, per se, there's a lot of stuff in the script that I didn't get to do with the angel on this shoot because of the time constraints and just the budget and stuff that Mm -hmm. I would utilize in the next movie. Because there was some really cool stuff that I wanted to do with him that we just couldn't do with him being in white and in snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just think about all the things you can do with that. Definitely. No, no, totally. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, and of course yeah. the other antagonist of this film is Waters. You know, he's yeah. he's basically trying to buy up the town. Yeah, it's Potter, Potter. That's Scrooge. Right. Yeah, it's that's all the classic Christmas villains. I remember when I was writing it and I was pitching it and stuff. I remember having conversations with other people involved in the movie and being like, "Is that big enough? Like, does it feel like a slasher movie motive or like a slasher movie story?" And I realized, like, the reason I was thinking that is because it was too grounded, like, almost too realistic. And, of mm. course, it's played much different than that in the movie. But yeah. I was like, is it enough? Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, the motives in slash movies are always revenge or you fucked my mom. It's usually, like, a personal stake. And then I realized, well, it's actually personal for everybody. You know? And I was also writing it during 2020. Mm. So we were in lockdown when I was writing the movie. There was a lot of protests going on at the time in L.A. especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Black Lives Matter and just Trump era. Yeah. And being on lockdown and no one doing anything about the COVID and that, that kind of stuff. So I, I did, as I was writing it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to really lean into this because this is, like, really happening. And then, boom, writer's strike mm. as we're, like, done making the movie like we've thankfully wrapped the movie before the writer's strike but the writer's strike reminds me of all that same stuff too the ceo's eating up all the cash and not giving anyone any money and you know we are on strike for 150 days so it all felt weirdly connected the movie for me in that sense is becoming more timely Mm. than it was when i felt like we were even shooting it eight months ago tyler and Justin did a great job. Well, Tyler did a great job, and of course, Justin, Justin did the work. If you had told me, oh, yeah, you can make Justin Long evil, I'd be like, no. No. Justin Long, dude, he committed fully to he did, that role. Yeah. yeah, and he had really cool ideas. That look was his idea. Oh, yeah? The personality was kind of, he took what I wrote and kind of played with it. He told us on set it was uh, his version of Joel Osteen, <laughs> if you're familiar with him. It's like a... American mega rich preacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I definitely see yeah, that. Yeah. 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 It feels like you've really tapped into a winning formula here. <laughs> Are there any other well-known films that you're like, I'd like to mine that for creative ideas. As of now, no. And I bet people are going to be happy to hear that <laughs> because I'm already seeing little, little, little nice folks on the internet here and there saying, I don't know how to do anything else, which is fine. Cause oh. Hey, if you got a brand, run with it but uh i actually have quite a bit in the works some with chris some by myself like someone said to me the other day like i feel like happy that's a freaky totally killer and it's wonderful knife could all live in the same universe yeah so what i will say is i have like five projects in the works right now and none of them could fit in that world okay okay yeah 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 so you're tapping into a different tapping into some different stuff a little bit darker stuff a little bit more adult stuff but also chris and i are writing this really fun horror movie right now that i can't say anything about but it it would almost be like a distant cousin to these movies but it's not the same thing so he and i are both kind of stretching our wings a little bit i'm really glad to be working with him again that's awesome yeah that's awesome well If I think of something, though, I'll do it. Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to pass that up. It's like, oh, this is a great idea. Old school? How do you do old school as a slasher? Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) I can see a way. Frank the Tank is a little bit anyways. Yeah, yeah, Will Ferrell killing some people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been spawned it. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I think that should be your goal is to get every cast member from From old old school school to be a serial killer. killer. Yes. (laughs) It would be really funny. 
Uh, it would actually probably be really easy with Luke Wilson. He could play a serial killer, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He could. What's Luke Wilson been up to? I haven't seen I him in anything idea. in a while. Yeah. Owen just did a movie. Well, Luke, if you're out there, let us know how <laughs> you're like doing. I like you, Luke. Yeah. Let's do something. There you go. <laughs> Michael, it's been great talking Thanks, with you, man. man. I, I really hope it. people enjoy the film here tonight at the festival. It's the closing film. But also, I think people should check it out starting November 10th in yeah. theaters. It's on November 10th in theaters. And yeah. then it'll be on Shutter in the U.S., Canada, England. New Zealand, wherever Shutter is, it'll be on on Shutter in December sometime. There you go. After our theatrical run, yeah, perfect. So yeah. there you go. So theaters and Shutter just in time for Christmas, exactly. And uh, should be a good time all, all around. So yeah, you should definitely check it out. Well, uh, thanks so much for talking so with much. me, man. Appreciate it. Have yourself a great night. You too. So that was our interview with Michael Kennedy. Of course, you can check out "It's a Wonderful Knife" when it comes out. Keep an eye out. Uh, it's, it's a good time. We got an email in from Ruth G who says, Hey, geez, this is for Alex. What does Santa suffer from if he gets stuck in a chimney? Claustrophobia. <laughs> there we go. Another great one. We'll definitely have to share that with Alex. We've come to the end of the program, Mr. Green. Where can the people find us? As always, if you like what we do here, you can find more content at patreon.com slash geekard. For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You're a big, Thanks. big help. Um, additional content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Card Show on any of those platforms and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekcardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But if you're super forgetful like I am and you didn't listen live tonight, the best thing to do is what, Andrew? Subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch a pause, and please leave a five-star rating and review. Absolutely. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation with us, email us geekcardshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Kalani, Elizabeth Rose, and Michael Kennedy for coming on the program tonight. For Mr. Green and for Yuri all the way back there in the booth, this is Andrew Oak saying if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host, Andrew Young. And Mr. Green right here on Reality Radio 101.